Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. I'm today's guest host, Mark Gomes. And today we're talking about Infu Systems, ticker INFU. Joining me on the call is Aaron Warwick, who will update us on the most recent quarter results and implications. But first, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. This podcast is for information purposes only. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page, type in the ticker, and the results will give you a link to the research post with this podcast and to the other discussion and research relating today's company. Now, on to our topic, Infu System, ticker INFU. Aaron, you've been uh, following Infu System since December 2019, if I'm correct. At the time, the company was trading for about $9 a share. It dipped into the $6 range during the COVID sell-off and then uh, recovered since then uh, to over $20 a share as recently as yesterday. Um, But yesterday, the company announced their Q2 results, and the stock uh, took a big hit uh, down as much as 25% during the day. Uh, Can you give us some insight as to why you believe the stock reacted uh, this way to the earnings report? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, uh, as you mentioned, even earlier this week, the uh, the day before yesterday, it was uh, trading in the $20 per share range uh, because the company had really been firing on all cylinders. And there were some high expectations, uh, specifically, uh, you know, why it was down 25% yesterday, I think is, is pretty easily explainable. Uh, for the first time in a long time, certainly since I've been following them, the company missed analyst estimates uh, for the quarter. They reported their second quarter. And I think the bigger issue is uh, after their Q1 report, uh, they had mentioned they, they had sort of a strange or unique situation with their guidance where uh, for the first time in quite a while, they, they did not beat and raise, which is what investors had become accustomed to, which is why the stock had a nice uh, EV over EBITDA multiple and, and expected growth. And on that call, the CEO had mentioned that there were some developments that were going on. They weren't sure what was going to happen. You know, over the next couple of months, this would have been, uh, I believe, leave in May. And um, so he said that he wasn't going to be uh, raising guidance. They were holding it flat, but sort of indicated that he expected to raise it on the next call. So I think there was definitely uh, some expectation that, that they would raise their guidance. Uh, so they came out yesterday. As I said, they missed uh, analyst ex- uh, estimates slightly. And um, they also uh, not only didn't raise their guidance, but said that they were going to come in on the lower end uh, of, of the previous guidance, all of which is explainable, I'm sure we'll get into. But that was the reason I believe that we saw uh, this negative reaction and what I think was a major overreaction uh, in terms of the share price dipping, as you said, 25%, as much as 25% yesterday. And that makes all sense. Um, you know, you've mentioned that despite this earnings miss and the weak guidance, um, that you view the earnings reaction as a good buying opportunity. Uh, why, why do you say that? Yeah, absolutely. Because 
everything is explainable. And actually, you know, if you, if you look at it, it's, it's a strategic move that the company made. It's, it's a short-term pivot for a long-term, what should be a windfall uh, in terms of the opportunity for cash flow, EPS, revenue, and everything. Uh, so just to begin, I guess, with the quarter and the miss, I think what happened there uh, was, was pretty evident. And again, it was very small, but the company had um, really bailed out um, some hospitals, uh, some, some players in the space during COVID. You know, obviously a lot of the, uh, a lot of the healthcare institutions were not prepared for that. Um, and so the company provided some durable medical equipment from their DME side of the business. And that resulted in a bump uh, on that side of the business in, in terms of revenue mm. and, and earnings. And what happened um, is that, you know, over the last year, healthcare institutions have been able to, to stock up and, and have been able to figure out, you know, what they actually need and don't need for COVID. And, you know, you think about the second quarter, it's hard for us to imagine now because all of a sudden we're facing this Delta variant throughout the world. But in the second quarter, it looked like, you know, the vaccines had rolled out. A lot of people had had COVID and so they had natural immunity and it's like it just fell off a cliff, you know, in terms of the number of cases and so forth. So Infusystem was not thinking it was going to happen so soon. But uh, I think there was one major player, especially that sent back some of the DME uh, to Infusystem and, and therefore they did not receive that rental income that they had expected they would still be receiving through the second quarter. So that's really the, the main reason uh, for the miss. Okay. So it doesn't sound like there's anything wrong with the business at all. Sounds like it's a kind of a timing difference uh, you know, related to uh, the events that have taken place over the last 12 months then. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you look at, if you, if you factor out that, that COVID um, bump as, as you might call in the DME business, uh, you factor out what was responsible for that, and the DME business actually grew uh, year over year. Uh, so the yeah. fundamental business, nothing wrong with it. But here, here, here's the bigger thing I want to get into, Mark, in terms of the guidance. You know, because of the guidance, obviously, looking out at the next two quarters uh, for the remainder of, of fiscal 21, calendar year 21 for them as well. And so what happened there is the company has pivoted uh, because of some serious and significant opportunities in, in front of them. And so in order to take advantage of these opportunities, and we'll get into what each of them are and, and the opportunity in front of them, but in order to take advantage of those, the company needed to pivot. They needed to hire, uh, increase their sales force. Uh, they needed to make some investment in, in equipment. And uh, that is gonna slow down uh, their revenue and uh, and specifically not not even so much their revenue but even more so it'll increase their expenses and thus uh, decrease their EBITDA margins in fiscal year 21 but this is all in preparation for what's ahead in 2022 uh, 2023 and beyond for the next three to five years and and then you know for the rest of the company's life as long as they continue to execute so there's four main opportunities if you don't mind I'd like to kind of get into uh, each of which could grow the business, uh, or I should say each of which has the opportunity to be as big in and of themselves as the entire current business. Yeah, I actually heard that myself. I was, I was on the call and I love situations like this, by the way. Um, you know, in my experience, what you have is a company that had great momentum and you have 
investors that like investing in companies that have momentum. And, mm-hmm. and what they've done is broken the momentum from their uh, current key focus to create the opportunity to expand into multiple offerings that each could be as big as the one they have today. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to highlight at the beginning of this is it's important for us to note that the company, as you said, they, they've slightly pivoted, I would, I would say, in the sense that uh, they've slowed down the, the, what was a continuous traje- trajectory of uh, growth but they've only slowed it down. It's only going to slow down for a quarter or two. And it's not as though they're, you know, pivoting into new business. um, That's not part of their core competency. This is all related to what they have been building in their integrated therapy services division, what we call ITS for short. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like they're doing something totally new. It's new areas of business to integrate into the ITS business but they have the infrastructure in place. And that's why it's such a short pivot. And it really just requires getting the human resources in terms of the sales force uh, and getting them trained and getting them out in the field. And, and then of course, you know, the revenue is always going to lag that um, by a couple of quarters. So uh, there's four right. and different then, areas. And, yeah, go ahead. And, and this, and this, and this, uh, this it's, yeah, it seems to me like this is a very intuitive, you know, expansion off of, where they are. And, you know, interestingly enough, it, it is reminiscent to me of a situation we saw with uh, Zynix, uh, ticker ZYXI, uh, who also needed to invest greatly into expanding their sales force. And uh, upon successful integration of the new sales force and getting them up to speed, the stock went from three to 30 over time. Uh, and it wasn't long because all this happened in, in 2018. So, you know, first, you know, do you feel that the company is well positioned to train and ramp its sales force? And then uh, can you go into the other areas they're getting into? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, this is, uh, this is not getting away from the, their main focus. It's just expanding upon it. So uh, they already have the infrastructure in place. They, they're familiar. Um, they've already, you know, with oncology, for example, um, they've already been familiar with how you ramp up the sales force. And, you know, speaking of oncology, I'll just go ahead and get into the first area that they're, that they're now entering into that, that's new for them, which is uh, pneumatic compression uh, or, you know, includes lymphedema. And this is actually a significant uh, percentage of oncology patients also develop lymphedema. So this is an opportunity. There'll be some low hanging fruit, I think, you know, for their oncology Salesforce to cross sell uh, into this lymphedema market. And, and this uh, market has a TAM, they said on the call yesterday of $1.5 billion. I need to talk to the company uh, because normally uh, they tell us a, a percentage of that TAM that they think they can get. And I don't recall them uh, mentioning that on the call, but uh, what they did say is again, with, with all four of these, we want to talk about, this is just the first, uh, there's a $60 million roughly uh, business revenue annual run rate for oncology in the ITS segment. And what they uh, intimated on the call is that all four of these, so lymphedema uh, being the first, uh, could turn into $60 million plus uh, annual revenue opportunities within the next three to five years. That sounds great, Aaron. Uh, so what's, what's the second area? 
Yeah, so the second area is wound care. And this is um, uh, wound care and uh, pain management are, are the second and third. And, and one thing I want to distinguish here, uh, because you brought up Zynex with these two, uh, wound care and pain management. Uh, actually, Infuse System is going to be bringing in a sales force or at least a significant number of salespeople that are already familiar uh, with these businesses. And so I want to distinguish a little bit between uh, Zynex and Infuse System in, in this sense that Zynex was bringing in a sales force and training them how to sell uh, into these types of markets, whereas in, in wound care and pain management, second, third opportunities that could be uh, $60 million annual run rate for them in the next three to five years. They're actually bringing in a sales force uh, that was, uh, has experience in this area. There's been a shakeup uh, in the marketplace uh, due to some uh, mergers and the company is bringing on uh, an experienced sales force already. So when, it, uh, uh, when we talk about wound care, the CEO guided on the conference call yesterday that, that there's a $600 million TAM uh, in that market, and he believes, uh, he said that his team will significantly shorten the time it takes to ramp to a five to ten percent market share uh, on that side of the business. Uh, so I think well, that I could be something that we see ramp up pretty quickly again with this uh, experienced sales force. No, that's that's a that's a big difference uh, versus bringing guys off the street and having to train them from scratch. I've personally been involved in situations like this in in my a prior life. And um, not only do you hit the ground running, but many times the salespeople actually start selling before they actually uh, officially start at the company. So uh, I would concur with what you see there. Yeah. The one other thing I just want to highlight, um, you know, a difference with Zynex because I, I, I followed uh, you on that one as well and, and, and learned about that company and, and did uh, enjoy the ride from not from $3, but from uh, probably about $9 up into the $18 to $20 range when I got off. And one of the things that, um, you know, that, that bothered me about Zynex is they were tinkering, tinkering around with other devices and, and things of that nature. And, you know, in, with Infuse System, uh, again, none of this is like tinkering around or experimenting with anything. This is their core competency. They've got the infrastructure in place. So I do want to distinguish just a little bit there. There are some similarities to Zynex. Uh, I would say um, for me personally, I see them all of the positives that Zynex had that you mentioned uh, with none of the negatives. No, I, I would definitely agree with that. I'm, I'm familiar with the product that, that Zynex uh, offers and it's it's complete apples and oranges to what Infuse System is, is offering here. So um, yeah. let's uh, let's wrap up with, you know, um, you know, the final point you need to make on, on these uh, businesses they're expanding into. Yeah, so biomedical uh, services is a, a second, or excuse me, is the fourth um, area that they're expanding into. And this will leverage the DME side of their business. And I think, you know, actually that uh, the return of this uh, DME rental equipment will actually help uh, start ramping up the biomedical services uh, area, which uh, is going to, is actually going to be a higher margin uh, business for them. Uh, out of the DME side. And uh, they, they really, the company said they can't say much about that at this time, but they do expect to be issuing press release uh, soon that will make clear uh, the direction they're heading. So there's, there's really not much that I can say about that because they haven't disclosed much, but we do expect something in the near future. 
Okay. And, and lastly, what kind of risks do you see here? Yeah, well, you know, honestly, my big, the biggest risk um, that before yesterday was, you know, one could make an argument that the, that the price of the stock was kind of ahead of itself. There were a lot of expectations built in, but after the 25% haircut, um, you know, that risk, um, you know, obviously the stock prices are subject to fluctuation based on different market conditions and any number of things besides uh, being company specific. But, you know, I think the biggest risk is just, um, and, and I asked about this on the conference call, I, I really encourage people to read the transcript. And, uh, you know, the last question I had was about their ability to do, you know, these four things at one time. And, and you know, I, I do think that is a risk. Um, you know, that, that potentially they would overextend themselves, but I don't feel that that's a huge risk. It's, it's certainly not something that I think is going to happen, but I do need to put it out there. You know, anytime a company is expanding in this many different directions, it's, it's a possible risk, but given uh, their core competency and their infrastructure and that, that this is not really branching out from that, uh, I don't see that as being anything overwhelming. Maybe, you know, there'll be a few uh, kinks in the road, but they'll, they'll work those out. And in the long run, I think they'll be highly successful. Well, in my experience, when situations like this arise, you know, momentum and retail investors shoot first and ask questions, never. Um, uh, that creates an opportunity that I often take advantage of. So it really seems like you found a gem here, but that's a bit over 10 minutes. So thank you, Aaron. This has been a Breakout Investors podcast. This podcast is meant to be an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration taking place at Breakout Investors. You can join the discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on their discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The Breakout Investor 10 Minutes podcast is syndicated and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, and give this podcast a five-star review. I'm Mark Gomes. Take care. Some or all the speakers may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. The views in this podcast expressed are those of the speakers, not breakout investors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Neither breakout investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor. No one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.